You're listening to the Decluttered Mom Podcast, a podcast built specifically for busy moms by a busy mom. I'm your host, Diana Renee. And in 2017, I had my second daughter and it felt like I was literally drowning in my home. Okay, not literally, but I felt like I couldn't breathe with all of the stuff surrounding me. Over the next 10 months, I got rid of approximately 70% of our household belongings, and I have never looked back. I kind of feel like I hacked the mom system, and I'm here to share all the tips, tricks, and encouragement. Let's listen to today's show. I have with me here Sabra, and she is a member of Minimalish Starts here. And Sabra, first of all, welcome. Thank you. We have tiny little newborn baby noises in the background, which I'm obsessed with. That we do. She's six weeks old. Aww. And you said she's your third? She's my third. I have a four-year-old daughter and a two-year-old son. And then little Vivian here is my third and hopefully my last. Yeah. How is the transition going from two to three? The first few weeks were really hard. The transition from one to two was very easy for me because my kids were 19 months apart. Okay. And uh, now they're a little more closer to three, about two to three years apart. Um, so that was harder, but was it? I feel like we're, yeah, it really was. I feel like I'm getting into a groove though. My, my two older ones are getting used to her. So that works. <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. Like who's this new human taking all of mom's oh, attention? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My four-year-old thought, she was her personal baby doll. And oh. my two-year-old was just kind of like, eh, okay, cool. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm so curious. You said that like having the first two so close together was easier versus the three-year gap. Um, yes. And that interests me because mine are three years apart. And I always thought that that was like an easier thing than having them closer just because like my three-year-old was old enough to be able to like tell me how she was feeling and she was able to like help me a little bit. Um, But you think it's the opposite? I think it's because just having to juggle three tiny humans' needs at the same time. Yeah. Or trying to like prioritize whose needs need to come first and whose can wait. Yeah. Uh, My four-year-old, she, that has been true for her. If I didn't have my two-year-old, it would be a little different. Okay. Um, I think it's because we've been out of that baby phase for Mm -hmm. two and a half years. Whereas whenever I had my son, my daughter still was a baby to me. (laughs) She was only 19 months old. So it felt like a, like we already were in the groove of doing baby things. Yeah. Whereas I know two years isn't a long time to be out of the baby phase, but you kind of forget some stuff. Oh, I think it is. It's like if you have like a week of more sleep, you're like, you forget that phase. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, that makes sense. Okay. Um, So how long ago did you join the program? I want to say, I believe, oh goodness, it was a few... Trying to think. I joined when I was pregnant at like 32 or 33 weeks. I okay. had my daughter at 36 weeks. Okay. Um, so that was like right in the middle of my really strong nesting period. And I kept yeah. having this feeling she was coming early. So I was like, we got to get this house on lock. Like yeah. <laughs> we got to get this taken care of, whipped into shape because I cannot function like this. Yeah. Um, so... 
I believe that was like at the end of December, middle January, whenever I joined. About three or four months ago. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it, you know what? It's really funny that you said that because I have found that so many women who maybe like were following me on Instagram for a couple of years and like thinking mm-hmm. about the program. And then they're like, no, I don't think I need the program. I think I can figure it out on my own. Um, and then they get pregnant and then they hit that nesting phase and then they join. They're like, okay. It's strong. Those nesting urges, they just like, they take over and you're like, something's got to give. Yeah. And then you need someone to tell you what to do. So, (laughs) yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, So when you were talking about how you felt like you just had to like get the house in order before the baby came. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Tell me more about kind of like how you were feeling in your home prior to decluttering. Prior to decluttering, we, it just felt like pure chaos. Yeah. (laughs) Especially during my pregnancy, I was really sick, um, my entire pregnancy with her. So I had to fall behind on my closing duties and like morning AM pickup duties. My husband was working more since I was sick and he was having to help more with the kids. And it just felt like chaos all the time. Like we couldn't Mm -hmm. get a handle on things. Um, and one thing that I believe it was a reel that you had on Instagram where you're saying how, you and your husband were tired of spending your weekends, just all weekend cleaning. Mm-hmm. I believe that's what it was. And I made my husband watch that. And I was like, if she has a solution, I need that. Because yeah. that's where we were at is we were wasting our entire weekends just cleaning. And I was so tired of telling our kids, like, we can't play right now because that and mom are cleaning. Yeah. And I told my husband, I just want our, to enjoy our weekends with our children and his weekends actually to be restful before he goes back to work. So yeah. that was kind of our breaking point. How did he react to that? He was, see, I'm the queen of like purging things on a regular okay. basis. So yeah. I annoy him a lot with that. <laughs> um, he's more sentimental and holds on to things. And he's been very much like, Sabra, we have tried to declutter before. Why do we need to pay for a program? Like, why yeah. are you doing this? And I was like, listen, we're at the point. We just need someone to tell us what to do. Because yeah. we do it on our own and then we bring more stuff into our house and then we have to restart. So I believe I just texted him while he was at work and I was like, hey, just, you know, I'm doing this. It's on sale right now. Um, and you know what? If anything, we're out the money, but maybe it'll just kick us off into something great. And he was like, I'm not arguing with my 32-week pregnant wife. So <laughs> He's like, I've learned. I know better, right? He knows me very well. And he knows I'm going to drag him on board whether he likes it or not. So yeah. Okay. So that's interesting because I have found that, I mean, this isn't like a hard and fast rule. Obviously, there's going to be outliers, but I have found it's very common for in, in marriages or partnerships that there tends to be one person who can easily let go or is naturally more tidy or more inclined towards being an organized person. Um, And then there's a second person who has a really hard time letting go and holds on to things and maybe more naturally messy or have a harder time with keeping a tidy space in general. Um, And and I, I don't think that like, it's been pretty 50, 50 as far as like who in the relationship 
fills that role. Um, right. But I have found that when one spouse wants to declutter and the other one doesn't, it can create a lot of issues and a lot of tension maybe that you don't even realize is there and, until you're like trying to get your house more in order. Absolutely. Yeah. Luckily, I'm my husband was not like that. Yeah. Um, but that's because he's used to my crazy wanting to purge everything in my house. Okay. So um, he's had years of practice of yeah. working with and you on that. Absolutely. And I, we both have ADHD. So we're both, I mean, not all people with ADHD are messy people, but yeah. we definitely are. Yeah. But he's on the side of ADHD where everything holds value. Mm-hmm. And then for me, I'm just like, if I see something messy, like my first urge is just to get rid of it all. Like right. obviously if I get rid of it all, it won't be messy anymore. Right. Um, but he was actually, once I purchased the program, we started, I told him you're going through this with me because we're a team. Um, it's not just me. We both work. So okay. we both hold the responsibilities in our house and he was on board and we sat down and we watched everything together. We did the entire program together. And once we did that, he was fully on board and we knocked out our decluttering our entire house within a week. Oh my gosh. That's, That's fast. ADHD fixation. We are both yep. fixated on doing that. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is, you know, that's our superpower. We say is once we fixate on something, we're a powerhouse. So, yeah. um, and plus we didn't have much time before our little miss was here at that point. It was only four weeks and we didn't know it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you had like a fire lit under you. Yes. Um, yeah. We pawned off the older ones on grandparents and we just, you know, we had a lot of screen time during that week. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Were you, um, you mentioned that you both work, do you work full-time? Yes. I'm a full-time teacher. Um, okay. However, I teach from home virtually. Okay. Uh-huh. So what's funny is before the program, I have an office in our house, but I haven't used my office in months because it became our catch-all space. Okay. And I couldn't even walk to my desk. It was so cluttered. So I had been working at my kitchen table and it just wasn't a conclusive environment for teaching, especially when I need multiple monitors and I was staring at the mess from breakfast still. And, you know, Mm -hmm. So that was one thing my husband was very excited to do the program for was he was like, I'm excited for you to have your office space back so you can feel like a functional and the best teacher that you are. Um, yeah. And I got that. So I was very happy. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I'm so curious about this one week thing because that's not normal. Like that's, right. not, that's not average, right? Yes. Um, I would say, mo- like I would say, I get this question all the time of how long the program takes. And I would say that like the very quickest I've ever heard someone go through it is one weekend. And she had three teenagers. Yes. And they rented like a dumpster that was put in their driveway and she like got everyone involved and like they just did it in two days. Um, But so this is the second though. This is the second quickest I've ever heard it done. And then um, I would say probably more average is three to four months. Uh, especially for working women or people who are working out of the home um, or in the home, but a full-time job. So, okay. So when you did it in one week, were you just doing it in like the evenings and then on the weekend? How did that work? Yes. Um, Mostly it'd be once my husband got home from work, like immediately once he got home from work, we would feed our kids. And then after the kids were fed, I would get an activity together for them to do or their tablets. Mm -hmm. And then we would just 
start in a room, whatever room was in the program. I will be honest and say the only room that isn't done in our house is our garage. Yeah. But that's because my baby came and we haven't had a chance. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, um, Um, and garages, you know, like, they're at the very end of the program for a reason because garages and basements and honestly, like you just talked about, um, offices or guest rooms tend to get this way also, um, is where all the things that we don't know what to do with go to die. Right. Yeah. We waited, we did the office last night, just kept putting it off. And I was like, I don't want to do that one next. And he was like, we really need to do it. And so that was the one that we did, I believe. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I guess I was 30. So I purchased the program at 32 weeks and it took me like a week before I watched all the videos. So I would say it's about 34 weeks that we actually did it. Yeah. And that was the room we did last. And then a few days later I went into labor. So, oh my gosh. Well, that was good timing. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Um, so you said, you said before that you would, you teach from home full time. And so you're on zoom. Um, and prior to like the office, just kind of being a disaster, you were doing it from the kitchen table and you still had like breakfast to clean up and like all yes. this stuff around. Can you talk a little bit about how the difference between like mentally or emotionally, or even like productivity wise, your, your time working from the kitchen table amidst all this stuff versus your office that has been fully decluttered? Oh my goodness. It's been a world of a difference. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I, especially again, as being a person with diagnosed ADHD, mm-hmm. if I see any clutter or any, just any sensory input visually, audibly is very overwhelming to me. Yeah. So trying to sit here and teach a Zoom classroom full of 12 or 16 students and I just, my mind wanders. I can't focus on my lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, I was feeling myself feeling anxious. Like once the lesson was done, even though I was on working hours, I was like, okay, I'll just take a 30 minute break and like clean up real fast. Yeah. Um, or I'll try to tidy up my living room. So it was definitely breaking into my work time. Right. Whereas when my office has been decluttered, I can just go in there and... I have my beautiful desk and two monitors set up. I can close the door and I don't see the distraction. We don't, you know, things don't get picked up every single morning. Um, so there's still a little bit of mess from breakfast. Sometimes my kids leave out just the toys they're playing with in the morning before they go to their daycare program. So just having that space where I can close the door and it's clean, everything's in its home, mm-hmm. um, makes a world of a difference for my own mental health and brain. Yeah. You know, and it's really interesting because there was a study done on how clutter affects women specifically. It like, it literally raises cortisol, which is our stress hormone. I feel that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And you said that you are diagnosed ADHD. I was recently diagnosed with ADHD uh, Welcome to the family. Ago. Yeah. Um, great. <laughs> at age 37. So yep. like really late life. Um, and now it's like, oh my gosh, my entire life makes so much more sense. Right? You know? Yes. Um, but I would, I wish there was a study on how uh, clutter affected people with ADHD, like compared to the average person, just because 
most people or all people do have that like stress response to clutter. And I wonder how much elevated, if any, I don't know, but um, someone with ADHD reacts to that. Um, And I think that improving our homes as far as like getting rid of the excess is going to help anybody because it does take away like that mental uh, burden, like of like all your like to-do list that's hanging over you, right? Right. That's like staring you right in the face. But with ADHD, I think it's just another level of like, it can be really hard for someone with executive dysfunction to like Mm -hmm. manage their home. um, Yes. Because it's a lot of multi-step processes, right? Yes, that's, and I struggle probably the most with executive dysfunction. I am the queen of like starting a project and finishing quote unquote yeah. the project, but then I'll leave like the toolbox out with the tools in it or yeah. like I don't put my paint away. And we've been actually, I don't know if you've heard of the book, The Fair Play Method. Yes, but my, I have. Okay. My husband and I have been reading through that and working yeah. through that. And that has been a game changer because we didn't realize like, holding a task mm-hmm. or just something like it involves like the execution and actually putting away yeah. of the items <laughs> like right. the full right. task. So I, I'm telling you, whenever I started your program, I was doing like, I was reading that book along with another book. I was actually diagnosed with ADHD um, last November. Okay. So I have been like... <laughs> again, fixating on my ADHD diagnosis and figuring out how does my brain work? How can I make my house functional for me and not be functioning for my own household? How can I make our space ADHD friendly? Maybe, I mean, it's not going to look typical for a neurotypical person. Um, But if it's something that works for my husband and I, who both have ADHD, my daughter has sensory processing disorder. So we're just a huge house of neurodivergency. Yeah. We found some systems though. We've used the tools in our toolkit, one being your decluttering program and some books, and that's made a world of a difference. I love that. So I'm in the process of becoming a certified professional organizer also. Because I want to take it like that next level, right? Like I've been been living for years now with this like decluttered household and I've been able to like implement some organizational systems, but I want, but, but it's what works for me and my Mm -hmm. brain. And now, now I know my ADHD brain, um, which is a lot of like open container type organizing. Yes. You can see what. Yep. Because if it's behind or if it's in a box, like I forget that it's there. Um, Do you have doom boxes as well? Yes, I actually. All around ADHD, <laughs> that's so funny because when you said ADHD, I wrote down doom boxes or doom boxes, doom baskets. Yep. <laughs> we call it our chuck it baskets. Yeah. So if we don't have a place for it, we throw it in there and then we try to go through it every yep. week. I know. Okay. So for anyone listening who does not have ADHD or has not gone down the rabbit hole of what ADHD is or does, a doom basket is essentially like a box or a basket of like just stuff because you know that you don't want it out and in your face. So you like just put it in a basket, but there's no like rhyme or reason to it. So nothing makes sense. It's it's like essentially a really big junk drawer all over. It is multiple junk drawers, but it looks pretty in a well-contained basket. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And I have found with ADHD, um, 
again, not like not for everyone, but as a general rule that like more macro organizing works versus micro organizing. And what I mean by that is like all of the batteries are going to go in this one box versus like only AAA batteries go in this box and then, you know, nine volt go in this box. And so I know what works for me, but I want to be able to help uh, as many people as I can after they go through Minimalish Starts Here with like then this next level of organization. And I know yes. that like, that my brain doesn't work for everyone with organizing. So long story short, I'm becoming um, certified to be able to help people with that next step. But I just think that's fascinating that you also got this late life diagnosis. Yes. Yeah. The majority of my life now makes sense that I've been diagnosed. It makes so much sense why I've done the things I've done and why my brain, I fixate on hobbies and I always turn hobbies into businesses. And then as soon as I start making money from it, I quit it because it's no longer fun, which is one of the reasons why my office was so overwhelming to me was because it was another, I don't want to say failed business because it was actually really successful. I just got tired of doing it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so I quit and I had all of this business stuff in my office and it kind of was a reminder, like, there's just another failed hobby for me or like another, but my husband was the one who was like, you need to work through that and emotionally process. Like that was the end of that for you. And you feel mentally better because you stopped and, yeah. um, but definitely, <laughs> oh, ADHD changes everything, how you function. Yes, I know. Um, when, where where I was going, I totally like lost my train of thought before about ADHD. The, yeah, yeah, exactly about the organizing. But where I was going with that entire spiel about becoming certified is that when I when I create this organizing uh, resource for it's going to be only for people who have gone through minimalist starts here because you I have, have to ask, can I get it? <laughs> Yeah. Like you have to get rid of the stuff first. I say it all the time. You can't organize clutter, right? But there's going to be like an ADHD addition. I think of that because when we, when we have ADHD, I think just organizing is so different for than most people. Absolutely. Especially when you said the macro organizing after we decluttered, especially my kid's bedroom, I actually sold their large toy box. That was kind of like a catch all space. for them. And I went to Dollar Tree and got some plastic bins and, you know, whipped out my cutting machine and cut out some little symbols and labeled those bins. And I sorted all our toys out just by macro category. And now my kids play 10 times better Yeah, because they can find the exact bin with the exact twist they want. And they can see that image and clean it up when they're done as well. So that's how we've like done our entire house. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay. So you have had, you have three kids and Mm -hmm. the first two, you mentioned before that you, you're just like, you're, you normally like to purge. You like to go through and get rid of stuff, um, but it never really stuck. Do you think that's because you were not ruthless enough or what, like, what do you think was happening there? Definitely. Especially with having now three kids, um, cause our children are very loved and very blessed by yeah. their grandparents and great grandparents. So yeah. there was a lot of things coming into our house and a lot of it, you know, my kids would play with for a week and then they'd lose interest and they just always go back to their, you know, their favorites. I'm sure your kids do that too. Uh-huh. And I felt like I couldn't get rid of stuff because it was 
gifted to us mm-hmm. or I, it, it held value. Maybe it wasn't like the highest of value item, but I, since it was a gift, I felt that it had value and I had to be grateful for that and keep it. But I've, I've learned that you can be thankful for the love someone shows your children. Um, and everyone's love language is different. Some may be yeah. gifts, but that doesn't mean it has to hold space in your home. Right. Um, so since doing the program, I've been much more ruthless with letting things go that come into mm-hmm. our home because if it's not something that I gave permission to come into my home to begin with, then that's not trying to be rude to our family or anything. Um, it's just, I'm very selective with what comes into our home and what stays. Right. So you my have husband's the one. Yes. My husband's more, he's the one that's like, but my a grandparent bought this. Like they're gonna, their feelings are gonna be so hurt. I'm like they're they're never gonna see this toy again. Yeah, they bought it for a kid to see that smile on their face for a yeah. minute, um, and then it comes into our house and they never see that toy again. So right, you know. Well, and I think it goes in line with like there somewhere along the way we created the, these like myths or false rules that like you must hold on to a gift for X amount of time yes, in yes. order to be grateful, right? Mm-hmm. But who decides that? And that's going to be different for every single person. So we've put these like arbitrary rules on like something that doesn't exist. So like if you hold on to something that you hate and you toss it in your closet for a year, does that make you more grateful? Like saying thank you and hugging the person. And then when you get home, donating it. Absolutely. You know, so like, um, I think once we start looking at a lot of just things that we were just, um, maybe not even taught, maybe we were, but just what we've always had modeled for us or that we've just seen in our culture, we think we have to hold on to everything for any possible reason. Right. It's also that like fear mentality that, well, maybe at some point I'll need this or, but that was something that was huge for us. Um, was thinking about like, have I used this in a certain amount of time? Mm -hmm. Am I going to use it in the next few weeks? Uh, and if I haven't, is it easily replaceable? That was one thing we kept saying over and over again while doing your program was, is this easily replaceable? If it is, and it's fairly inexpensive, then why are we holding on to it? Because we haven't used it in a year. Right. And we have, we've only had one item since decluttering that we had to repurchase okay, because well, we realized <laughs> patio lights. What was it? Patio light. Patio lights. Okay. We have had these this box of patio lights for two years now, but we never like made the backyard a project to hang them up. Mm-hmm. So we donated them and we are currently working on our backyard and I'm <laughs> we had to buy patio lights again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? They were fairly inexpensive and it you know, it took away space from our laundry room that was just hanging out. So <laughs> Yep. And now you know that you really need them, right? Yep. Yep. There were two things for me. It was a curling iron um, and a spatula because I went a little crazy in my kitchen and I got rid of like all spatulas. Oh yeah. Uh, And I was like, hold on. I need one spatula. Um, And I curl my hair like twice a year. So I was like, okay, I guess I have to go buy my like $12 curling iron again. Yeah. 
But that's so true because there's so many. And, but then like compare that to the list of all the things that you got rid of that you. Exactly. Oh, we got rid of bags and bags. So yes. (laughs) And like, think about how many of those were items that previously you maybe would have held on to because what if you'd needed it later? Um, But you really evaluated that and you got rid of so much stuff compared to that one thing that you had to buy. Yeah. And that was like a random thing. If we wouldn't have redone our backyard just in the last week, we wouldn't have bought patio lights for a long time. It was just a fact that I'm now fixating on my backyard and getting my garden ready. And I thought I want some patio lights. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Where, where are you located? Um, I live in Oklahoma in the Tulsa area. Okay. So is it already feeling like spring there? Oh yeah. It's 80 degrees today. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. We keep going back and forth. I'm in Colorado and we'll get like two to three really nice spring-like days and then we get a blizzard. <laughs> then Isn't we go back. So I think we're supposed to get another blizzard in a couple days, but... Oh my so gosh. Get outside and enjoy this pretend spring right now. Oh, uh, for real. That's what we call Oklahoma pretend spring. So we'll have like 80 degrees for a week and then it goes to the high 90s, low 100s. Oh my gosh. So it's like yeah. summer. <laughs> yeah, basically. We don't get a long spring. Yeah. Um, so when you had your two previous, or not previous, but your two older kids, mm-hmm. um, and they were newborns, what was that experience like in your home versus now after you have like fully decluttered and you have this third newborn, what is the difference in just how you feel in your home or how you're able to function in your home? With my first two, um, our living situation was a little different, okay. um, especially with my second. We were living with my grandmother. We had just moved back to Oklahoma and we're searching for jobs. Okay. And that was really hard because all of our stuff was confined to just one bedroom. Yeah. And our stuff was basically leaking out all over her house. Yeah. Um, so I held a lot of guilt and shame for that because I, I already felt like I was intruding on someone's space. Mm-hmm. And then we brought an entire another human being into her space, which I right. know my grandmother is that she wasn't thinking that way, but my brain was thinking that way. Right. But with that, with every baby, you know, you get gifts and things come into your home and you just bring things into your home, especially with my third. We've had to get a lot because I got rid of a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, not thinking again, ruthless purger. The difference is I was able to come into my home with my baby, make a minimalist list of what I was missing, just get those few items and know that the rest of my space was clear and ready for her especially with her coming a whole month early and we weren't, I had a gut feeling, but we weren't expecting that. And we definitely were not prepared or ready. We yeah. had a bassinet. That was it. Okay. Um, we had no clothes for her, especially with her being a preemie. She was in preemie size clothing, had nothing ready for her, but it was so nice to come home from the hospital when we weren't expecting to have a baby and not come home to a disaster. Right. It, I mean, it needed picked up. There were still toys out from when we rushed to the hospital and um, just little things that needed to be put back in their home. But that took us 10 minutes once we right. got home from the hospital. Um, and that was my husband, also the first thing he said, he's like, that took us 10 minutes to clean up our space. And I was here sitting in the hospital thinking, oh, our home is disgusting right now. We are going to have to clean so much when we get home. It's not ready to bring a newborn into. And then we got home, we picked up and he goes, oh, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. So it saved us time with 
cleaning our space and taking care of a baby. Um, everything has a home. So I know exactly where to find her wipes and her diapers and they're not just like scattered all over the place. That's been the biggest difference I would say is knowing that everything has a home and where that home is so I can locate items faster. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a huge difference, especially when you do have an, a slightly older kid that could help you. Uh, yes. Because you can be like, hey, can you go get a diaper? And they're not like, where? I don't know where the diaper is. Yep. <laughs> that's very accurate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and with working full time, do you have you started into like the whole habit systems and routines aspect yet? Or have you, are you not quite there yet? We have a little bit, um, especially with, we did the, the habits, um, challenge that you had for uh-huh. the members. Yep. However, the second day into it, I was sent to the hospital with gallbladder attacks. So oh, we kind of no. stopped at day two. Oh, man. <laughs> um, but we have started our habits of the weekly cleaning and just like our AM and PM pickup. That in itself, my husband, especially with the PM pickup, we were looking at that and seeing it as more of a reward to ourselves mm-hmm. for the next morning of if we do all this now, it's going to make our morning way smoother. He 100% agrees. There was one day that we didn't get the kids backpack ready. Um, it just didn't happen during PM pickup. And the next day he was like, wait a second, there's nothing in this bag. And he was frantically trying to load it. <laughs> and that was one moment he pointed out. He's like, okay, that actually helped getting all of their water cups ready to go, getting their bag packed and just making sure everything's ready to go for the next day. Yeah. I think that that's, that's sometimes hard for us to wrap our minds around. I do this too. And I've been doing this for years and I know, like I understand logically, like if I do these things the night before, I will be less stressed tomorrow morning. Yes. Um, But even then sometimes I'm like, oh, it's, it wouldn't be hard. Like, I'll just do it in the morning. I'm tired, whatever. It can't save me that much time. And I will say, I, I recorded a whole episode about this because I was sick one weekend, like probably two months ago. And so I didn't do like any of my prep for Monday morning for, for the girls mm-hmm. to go to school. And <laughs> and then the that Monday morning was chaos. Like I was so stressed. The girls were stressed. One of them ended up in tears, like walking out of the house before school. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to like, I'll probably hate myself for doing this, but I'm going to experiment and not do any of this, this stuff to prepare for this full week and just see what happens. And like, it felt like the wheels came off. I like, I, and like I said, I went into a whole episode on this, but our mornings started off on a completely different foot just because we weren't prepared. And I was stressed out. I was running around. I was forgetting something. I had to go to their school three times that week for, for forgotten items. (laughs) And it's something so little that doesn't really take a ton of our time the night before, but it's amazing what can just our brains when we wake up and like things are prepared and ready to go. We are, give ourselves the gift of a better day because we're starting off on a better foot. Absolutely. Especially we got our children involved with our PM pickup as well. Um, so while we're getting them ready for bed and doing their bedtime routine, we added a, as a part of that, they go into, we all share one closet. Uh Um, just a part of us decluttering. I realized we all didn't have enough clothes to spread out all of our things and three closets. Um, 
So we all share one closet and that's kind of their bedtime routine. They go into our closet and they pick out their clothes for the next day. We get to have a discussion about, you know, weather and weather awareness, what our bodies need to feel warm and safe. And Mm -hmm. my kids have been loving that. They love going in and picking out their clothes for the next day, picking out their socks, picking out their shoes, and they sit it out on the couch. So it's ready to go. And they're just so proud of what they picked out. So we've, we found ways to involve them as well. So they feel like they are owners of this home too. And this is their space to take care of as well. Yeah. I love that. Okay. There's two things. Number one. So you have a family closet. So do we, everyone thinks we're crazy, but it helps so so much much easier, especially when you're folding and putting away laundry. Yes. You can just always do that at one location. (laughs) Yes. We do it at night. And it got to a point where we weren't putting away the kids clothes because they were asleep. Yeah. I was like, I can't go into their closet. So, oh yep. goodness. Um, and then the other thing is, I love that you're talking about getting the kids involved because I think that does two things. I think number one, it takes a little bit off of mom and dad, which um, I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's necessarily like our generation, but I think that we just believe we have to do it all. Um, yeah. And we have to do everything for our kids. We have to do everything for our home. And that's something I've had to work through a lot in the last few years. And now I'm like a firm believer in like mom, mom is not responsible for the entire household. Absolutely. The mental load in itself is heavy when yep. you're doing that. Yep. So you're doing two things. You're, you're, you're releasing some of that and you're taking that off of your shoulders a little bit, but you're also um, preparing them to be able to like manage a household one day and to be like a contributing member of your household also, um, even at really young ages. So I just love that. Yes. And it's, it, we are, my kids go to a Montessori program during Uh the day. So we're very, I'm very pro Montessori in our household. That's kind of how we have our house functioning as well. Not to the point where we have like a full functioning kids kitchen, like yeah. I see on. on okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but we have a kitchen helper and they use, you know, our own sink and everything. Um, but that's something that I try to instill in my children that this isn't just mama and dada's home. This is your home as well. Like you're responsible for your space too. And it's something that we all take care of together because we're a team and they like that. I mean, my two-year-old, I don't think he understands. He hates cleaning up still, but my four-year-old really dives with that and feeling ownership of her space. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So what would you say if you had to only pick one thing, what has been the most positive outcome or most life-changing outcome um, after like completely decluttering your whole home? My husband and I have our weekends back. That's the biggest, that is the biggest thing. Um, we actually get to spend our weekends working on projects that we want to do mm-hmm. and not just cleaning the house because it doesn't take us long during the week to pick up our house or implement the systems of, you know, working on one cleaning aspect a day during the week and one monthly task during the week. Um, we actually have that time to go to parks, go to science museums. And that was the main reason why. I convinced my husband to let us purchase the program mm-hmm. because I was telling him I want our weekends back and for our kids not to just look back and remember us cleaning all weekend because that's the only free time we got. Yep. 
and he's, he's on board. He, he loves it. We spent all this last weekend building garden beds and getting our backyard ready. And he was like, we didn't have to worry about our house at all. Like, yeah. Yeah. Your house now serves you versus you serving your house. 100%. Yeah. Um, that was a really big thing for me too. I, you mentioned your husband works a lot and mine does also. And so, um, he normally works six days a week. And so we would have, we have Sundays, right. Mm -hmm. And pre minimizing, uh, I just remember like we dreaded Sundays because he would get to be home, but like he wouldn't get to play with the kids or we wouldn't get to do anything fun because we would be like rage cleaning and we'd be like mad at each other because yes. like, like, like we weren't do like we didn't have clearly defined roles or like who was doing what. And so it was like just a day of like blaming and like being mad and cleaning and like nobody got to hang out. Nobody got to rest. Nobody got to make memories. And now that, that like, it's totally different now. Like we can like, okay. So I have um, a five and eight year old, so we can like actually sleep in a little bit on the weekend. I can't wait. Yeah. Um, and we can like, just like take a leisurely walk and go to brunch and we're not worrying about all this crap we have to do to prepare for the week ahead because, um, not even to prepare for the week ahead. I would say just feel like we're trying to just catch up from the week that we just had. Right. So I think that that's, um, the other thing is like the tension, uh, I don't know if this you experienced this also, but like we had so much tension um, in our relationship just because of throughout the whole week, it, there was a lot of like, the house is a mess. It's chaos. Um, yes. And from my perspective, it was like, I'm home with the kids all day. And like, um, I'm trying to keep up and like, you get to be gone all day. Right. Yes. And like he's like, from his perspective, he's like, I don't get to be gone. Like I have to be gone working and I come home and the house is crazy. Um, yes. And so there was like a lot of like, blaming without actually saying out loud and blaming. And there was just this tension, always this underlying tension. Absolutely. Especially with me working from home, I think it was hard to distinguish for him that I wasn't just sitting at home watching Netflix all day. Like I'm, (laughs) yes, I'm at home, but I have to actively work and I was meeting with my students and lesson planning and, um, it, he would come home and it's like nothing was done, but yeah, that's because I was working the same amount of time he was just, yep sitting in our own space, but especially doing the program and reading the fair play method book alongside it. Uh I know not everyone is um, fortunate enough to have a partner that's maybe just as on board with sharing household tasks, but I am really thankful that my husband is, and we can have that open communication. That's another thing we we were able to stop and say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Um, it feels kind of yucky. Let's work mm-hmm. on this and figure out what works for us as a family. Cause we want to function better even our, in our own relationship. Yeah. So kind of opened the door to that. Cause we're both very like passive aggressive people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, I don't want to be mad at you anymore for things that are out of your control. Like, right. <laughs> and that helps like you weren't reading my mind. How dare exactly. you? I know. Oh gosh. Where's this crystal ball? Yeah. Right. You know, and it's interesting you say that because, um, I do think that's true. I think that, 
um, having a partner that's on board right away and like um, is asking what they can do to help or, you know, trying to help figure out the situation with you is a huge blessing. It's amazing. Um, But I will also say that if you're listening to this and your partner is not on board at all, there's absolutely hope because sometimes there just has to be... um, a roadmap for you to work it out because you don't know how to communicate that to them. Um, And once you do learn how to communicate that to them and you learn how to help get them on board, like it can be a night and day situation. Absolutely. I've, I've had that with several members who like, whose husbands um, did not want them to get the program. We're like, absolutely not. This is dumb. We're not doing that. Um, And they went ahead and did it anyway. Um, And they were able to work through with them to the point where like a year later, they're like, I feel like I don't even recognize him because like, he's so like, he's more into this now than I am. (laughs) Like, right. Um, and that's something I think too, with at least whenever I purchased a program, my husband wasn't fully on board. And I just said, listen, I know you love me and you care about my mental health. And I'm telling you, this is what I need to do for my mental health right now. Yeah. Even if it's something that you're not 100% sure on, if this is something that we can do just for me and to help me feel better, um, I'd greatly appreciate if we did it. And that got him on board because he sees his wife. I struggle with anxiety too. Uh-huh. Um, just all the things. And he was like, you know what? Okay. That's, you know, I can fork out that money for my wife's mental health. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Well, I just wanted to say thank you so much for talking to me today. It was so fun talking to you. And I feel like I could talk to you for like four hours, but... Oh, for real. Especially about ADHD (laughs) things. I can talk about ADHD all all day long. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe we'll have to have like a separate ADHD, uh, late diagnosis women ADHD episode. (laughs) For real. And how that affects your cleaning. Like it's normal to be cluttered and messy when you have ADHD and go against the grain with that by decluttering. Right. Well, and I think um, also like there's so much shame that we have learned to carry because um, that's something that's been huge for me is like, um, so I'm in therapy every week and Mm -hmm. like, I don't, there's no hiding that. I am proud. Me too. I'm with you. (laughs) Um, And that's something we're working through is like, I have like a lifetime of shame and guilt and thinking I'm just like lazy and dumb. Yes, me too. Yeah. I was always thinking, why can't my house be clean? Like, why can't I just keep everything together? Like all these other moms I'm seeing, obviously Instagram is a, you know, a highlight reel of people's lives, but I just felt like I couldn't adult. (laughs) My brain just wouldn't get it together. And now I'm realizing it's because my brain's wired differently and I have to work with my brain, not against it. Yep. And I think honestly, like, it's funny because when I was uh, diagnosed, I, I met with like an ADHD coach for a couple sessions. And, um, she was like, you know, Diana, it's kind of funny because like the first like three things I tell people to do, like you're already doing. So like you were like self-managing ADHD without realizing it. And she's like, the number one thing I tell people do to do is to declutter because getting rid of that stuff is going to make such a huge difference. Mm. Um, in just everything in your life. Like it spills over into all aspects of your life. 
especially with that input, like we are so much more sensitive to sensory input and visual input and mental input is a huge Mm -hmm. one, especially for women that like people with ADHD, your house may be messy, but you know where that thing is that you're looking for. Um, but then it just causes a huge mental load trying to remember where everything is. Right. So yeah, yep. I, I can see why decluttering would be one of the number one things to do. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was so nice talking to you. Um, and thanks again for coming on and bringing us newborn baby noises that we can all. <laughs> of course, she stayed awake the whole episode. So she was really in tune too. And she didn't cry one time for a whole She's hour. She's my angel baby. She knows. She knew my first two were hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm just going to be easy. Yes. God awesome, bless Sarah. Well, thank you so much. Um, and we will talk to you later. Perfect. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Sabra. Thanks for hanging out and listening to the Decluttered Mom podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you could write a review or share this episode with a friend or your Instagram stories. And if you're on Instagram, be sure to follow me at the.decluttered.mom and send me a DM to say hi. I'd love to hear what you thought about today's episode. I hope you'll come back next week and hang out with us again.